Welcome to Through the Line, the Agency Squared podcast with me, Andy Barjuri. In this show, I'm talking with the fabulous Sophie Duart, who runs Element Global, a B2B marketing agency based here in the UK. And Sophie and I talk about all things cash flow and kids. What does it take to manage an agency and raise a family, which is no mean feat? We cover everything from finding and working with a business partner to managing teams remotely at the moment because this was recorded during lockdown. How do you cope with children whilst you're away on a business trip? How do you uh, plan for unforeseen circumstances like COVID and everything else in between? It's a fabulous look under the hood at the realities of running a marketing and communications agency. I hope that you enjoy the show. Sophie, good afternoon. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm very good, Andy. How are you? I'm actually really good too. Really good. <laughs> really good. Uh, it's great to be talking with you because I think we had this idea, I don't know whether it was a Twitter or a LinkedIn or something about three, four, okay. five, six weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I think yeah. we were both complaining about the challenges of having a family and running an agency. And this is before yeah. the lockdown as well. So yeah. when it was even easier, or yeah. even easier, a little easier. <laughs> sorry got that wrong there when it was marginally easier than it is now Um, but we were both I think we had this little light bulb moment like god this is not an easy road we've taken as people that are running agencies and having families at the same time it's just like are you completely mad uh, <laughs> so, so I think the eggs up in the air and hope you catch them. <laughs> exactly, something's going to get broken. Let's just hope yeah. it's not something delicate, you know. Yeah, not <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think the idea was just to have a general chat around. So, what what's it like? I mean, how do you how, how do we do this from two people that have run an agency, or in your case, still running an agency? And in my yeah. case, I used to run, but now I have a consultancy. Yeah. Which basically means me, right? As a yeah. See <laughs> yourself and you. <laughs> me, myself and I, yeah. So that's a bit easier, but still uh, still in that environment where, you know, the marketing world is not exactly a nine till five, is it? So um, I think it's interesting to explore this subject area. But, uh, you know, why don't we kick off just by, tell us a little bit about, how you got to where you are in running your own agency because I've known you probably 10 years or something oh, like that and some I think yeah uh, yeah because I, I mean I know you as you were always the person at the other agency that we were competing against to get work yeah. out of our client <laughs> yeah BDI's watching seeing how yeah. much work we had <laughs> what, what are those buggers doing over at volume to take our clients work you know yeah. so it's interesting but I mean, why don't you tell us a bit about how you you know, how did you get here? What's what 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 led you into marketing in the first place, and then what made you crazy enough to want to run an agency? <laughs> um, so I've always had a love for design. Always, always. I thought back in the day when I was at uni that I wanted to be a graphic designer. Um, went and did my foundation course in art design, and went actually uh, no, just not quick enough with the kind of creative ideas. So then refined that down to when I was choosing my degree, whether I was going to do fine art and like focus on sculpture or going to design management which is obviously learning all different specialisms um, and learning how to manage it and process it as a project and stuff like that. And that just really bit me. Um, And from that moment, I was pretty determined and focused on what I wanted to achieve. So 
I knew that for my first job, I wanted it to be in a small agency, um, which happened um, working on Vodafone's my main key account, which is like a brilliant account to work on first off. Was that Vodafone the kind of consumer side or the B2B side? or the consumer. And it was in the day when we could do wild and wacky DMs. So we were sending out all these marvellous like direct mail pieces, that kind of stuff. It was brilliant. Really, really good kind of foundation. And then um, I kind of just sort of just just progressed and jumped to kind of get up the career um, ladder as much as I could, as you do, worked with some great agencies along the way. And then kids came along. Um, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and that's- so, so were you still employed at that stage when the kids, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So still working agency side, still full time, only took like six months off after having each of them. Um, and it kind of got to that kind of where I think kind of the multitasking and the juggling just becomes at its peak because working mum means you not only have to manage the school runs and nursery pickups and anything else but obviously household full-time work um, hours that aren't always nine to five working with global clients and I kind of got to the point where the children were going into certain parts of school level Josh was starting, or going to be going into secondary, who's my eldest. Tom was kind of um, needed a lot of help with homework and stuff like that. I thought, okay, something's got to change. Otherwise, I'm never going to be there for them as much as I need to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I thought, well, I've got enough experience. I know what I'm doing now. Well, I hope I know what I'm doing now. (laughs) Um, Maybe it's time to just call it quits and look for a business partner and do this agency stuff for myself. Like, I've got a good network of clients. Because that will make it easier, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, mm, surely this could be simpler and the school run won't be so fraught and stuff like that. Um, and so that's when I budded up with Matt to like to come into partnership over Element Global. And I, yeah, it's, um, it's been a fantastic journey so far. Um, I would never change it. would never kind of go back, I don't think, to working for anybody else ever again. But... The dimension now between children and running a business and keeping the business focused and looking at where we want to be in sort of like three or five years' time um, just brings a completely different spin on everything, completely different spin on it. I think it's one of those things where I suppose I went in quite naively because I thought it's got, just got to be easier, surely. Not so much complication, not having to do what everyone else is kind of asking you to do, da 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 da. Um, not having to worry about people's perceptions on school runs and stuff because you know, not every agency likes the fact that you're having to pop off and pick up kids and mm-hmm. you know, work around different hours. Um, and then I suppose going into that, I just thought, wow, this is a bit different. And now it's just a completely different level of different level of juggling different level of stress (laughs) and it literally as it came down to our title comes down to cash flow and then children (laughs) cash flow and children yeah and that that kind of takes over your world doesn't it both of those two things how do I manage my family and how do I make sure I can pay everyone yeah yeah yeah. okay so how old were your kids when you went into partnership with uh, Matt at Element then so um Josh was about to turn 12 and Tom was freshly nine okay yeah yeah so kind of quite mature in that in their kind of like their school progress and stuff like that but at that point where um you know they've got their own changes and demands they've got um obviously josh starting secondary is a completely new thing um and obviously it's different environment for him different subjects different topics more homework um 
friendship groups, the whole lot, being more independent. And then obviously Tom, he's now in what, what they call junior school. Um, but he's doing his last couple of years. So he hasn't got his brother there anymore. He's having to sort of like form himself and develop himself and um, isn't so academic as Josh is. So he's like much more help. But it's just, yeah, just completely different, completely different life stage for both of them. Completely different life stage. It's, it's a similar journey to me, really, in terms of I spent a number of years in big agencies, building up my experience, building up my network, I suppose. Yeah. And then I freelanced for a bit at my own uh, agency and, and ran that for a little while before I realised that uh, I didn't quite get the balance right. You know, I was up early, home late and yeah. just seeing my kids who were quite young at the time. So I think when I was last in my agency role, uh, they would have been about... Uh, three and seven, three and six, something like that. Wow. Uh, and I was just fi- feeling that that was one of the things that made me think, you know what, this isn't quite the right time for me to be running an agency because I've got all yeah. this time that I'm missing out on. And yeah. one of the reasons for starting out on my own in the first place was to have the ability to manage that flexibility more. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't have that ability because I started to employ people and I wanted to be there for them, to manage the team, to be in the office, that so they would be there, they would do the work. Yeah. And even though we had a kind of a network, a flexible network approach to the agency setup, yeah. I still found it. I was required, I needed to be in the office quite a lot. Mm. So tell me how you manage that kind of, um, I like the expression my friend Ian Halpin, who's another agency guy, he says it's the work-life continuum rather than yeah. work-life balance. In other words, they, everything blends in together these days, yeah. as opposed to saying I'm working nine to five and then that's it, I'm off. Yeah. So yeah. How, do you, how do you manage that? How do you manage that, fit that around your uh, kids? So um, my role is much more kind of client-facing. Um, so I sort of drive the client relationships, drive the new business side of things, um, and sort of make sure that obviously pipeline is continuous, but also that the current client set is happy and they're getting what they need out of me. So I find that I'm not in the office very much because um, I can obviously direct the team from wherever I am, but I'm mostly out in client offices um, okay. or I'm out doing other sort of like networking events and stuff like that. So I manage it quite well in that um, I can balance I can balance those meetings and those appointments around the main two points of my day, basically, which is like school drop-off and school pick-up. So between those two areas, that's kind of where I'm out networking, client meetings or having online calls and stuff like that. Then sort of towards the end of the day, it's um, kind of catching up, doing all the internal sort of like admin and making sure that everything's ready for the next working day for the team. So it works pretty well. Um, It's just if something doesn't fit around that, that it's like, okay, time to call on the mum friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going off for play dates. <laughs> so, so if you're running an event for your client, you've got, you know you've got to be there early and back late. It's kind of, who can I send them to for today? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's when it kind of comes in sort of, you know, can I throw, and normally I can throw the kids in early to school and stuff like that, or I can dump them at friends' houses that are going to be doing the school runs with their children anyway. So it works quite well. Um, and obviously at the moment, um, we don't really have that problem. Yes, I should just say we're <laughs> recording this during lockdown because of the lovely coronavirus pandemic. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, two hours a day, two, two zones a day where you've got to be doing the school runs that happen, do they? So no, no, that no. in itself is a whole different challenge, isn't it? Homeschooling and I mean, I, I think we've both been interrupted at least once or twice already trying to get this school going. So 
It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't have an Easter egg. <laughs> no, yeah. no, you cannot bother me right now. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it, yeah, that kind of it's it's worked it's worked so far. It's it's kind of it's fisting quite nicely around my home life and stuff like that. But it's just I think you know, the children are quite used to the fact that. You know, life doesn't stop when we come home. It never has done, whether that's been, you know, 3.30, or whatever. Um, so they're used to the fact that, obviously, mum's laptop is normally out and working whilst cooking them dinner and stuff like that. And they're pretty adapted to that, which I'm quite lucky about. Um, but, yeah, it's the bits that kind of, you know, if I've got to go on business trips and stuff like that or I'm going to be away for a certain amount of time for, like, events and things like that, then that's where the shuffling has to sort of really come into itself. So what does that support network look like? Um, so it will be family members most of the time um, that will either sort of, if I'm so if I'm going off to like one of Dale's events out in Vegas or something for five days, they'll move in as I move out, which is quite helpful. <laughs> nice arrangement. I like that. <laughs> just going to go to Vegas, mum yeah. and dad. Do you mind just yet? Popping off. <laughs> A client um, event in inverted commas. I'm sure yes. it is, yeah. Very important, Andy. You know this. Networking <laughs> and new business pipeline potential is massive. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they, will, they will normally move in and I will then fly out and then obviously we'll keep in contact on the way and stuff like that. But that kind of, it, it just means that their routine isn't disrupted too much. Yeah, that's um, good. They can kind of continue to sleep in their beds. They've got everything else around them and stuff like that. It's just me that's not here. Um, and I just try and make sure that my time is so that I'm away for the least time, but obviously the most important parts of wanting to be away for. Okay. So w- what kind of, if, if there are other parents listening to this and thinking, I've got to go to Vegas for a week for, a, for a, some networking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what sort of advice would you give people for kind of preparing your children for that? Because obviously a week away... Yeah from your mum particularly with boys as well because I've got two little boys and they, they would not survive without my wife really they'd have, been, they'd have died years ago I think <laughs> <laughs> so how do you prepare them for that adventure or well, I suppose they're used to it by now if you've done it a few times they are now I think when it first came up um, that I was doing business trips it was um, for two or three days I had to go away into Europe and stuff just to kind of meet up with current clients do presentations pitches stuff like that um, and it was a bit of a jump for them. Um, and I think the most important thing is to make sure that you are open and honest about what you're doing and where you're going. You prepare them in the fact that I'm going to be this amount of hours ahead or behind you. And you plan when you're going to touch in so they know that they've got those special moments to kind of tap into. Um, and you kind of bring them on that trip with you. So like you're sending them pictures, you're doing obviously FaceTime video conferences or whatever with them. Um, and then they kind of, they feel like they're part of it and not missing out versus you just kind of disappearing. And they're like, oh my God, where are you? And then reappearing going, I'm back. <laughs> it doesn't, that wouldn't go down well with my kids now. They had, um, there was a couple of years back um, before I went solo, I was in Vegas for nine days for Dell Tech World. And I came back for three days and flew back out again for five days to go to Santa Cruz to go and see Pantronics with my client at the time. Crikey. That was that was a tough one all round, I think, because I I just about adjusted to the time zone before I came back from Vegas. I'd been away for such a long time, it was such a huge stint. And then obviously I came back and it's like an immersive like, you know, three days of mum, but then I was washing and repacking and trying to then readjust so I wasn't asleep all the time when they're awake. And then obviously then I was gone again. That was a tough one. 
that yeah was. that does sound like a, a really tough ride actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but it, would, it would never be planned like that again um because obviously now I'm much more in control of my own business travel versus somebody yeah. else doing it for me which is helpful um but it, yeah all it is just it is just that planning part of it and just making sure that they just constantly feel like you're you're bringing them along to the, to the park basically you're just you're there with them and I remember sort of at one point when I was in Vegas I was uh, on the phone to my youngest and he was like so where are you mummy because you could see I was in like a room and I was like well this is the bedroom and then I started showing him the view out across the strip and stuff like that we're staying at the Paris hotel and he was like oh my god that's amazing that's massive and that kind of, kind of conversation points and stuff like that he's like how many floors are for you and that kind of thing so it kind of feel like they're there with you and then obviously after they're like can we come next time and I'm like ah, maybe in about 10 years <laughs> a little bit too young to enjoy Vegas I think <laughs> We're not going to be opening that can of worms right now. <laughs> good, good. Let's not go there here either. It's not a good, it's not a good subject. It's not. It's not. What stays in Vegas is that's it. <laughs> Classic. So, so let's let's move on to another point then, which is. Um, mental health because I've been talking a lot about mental health with people recently when it comes to uh, agencies and the challenge we have as agencies for looking after our staff's mental health but also of course us as owner directors of businesses that's not a lightweight place to be in terms of stress levels so how do you what do you do how do you cope with what's your sort of mental health like without trying to lie down the coach and saying Sophie I'm listening we got man because this could go on for some time <laughs> <laughs> okay let me change and set the question <laughs> tips for staying sane there you go so um uh, so for me running is my out so oh, okay cool my de-stressor so that is my zone time to make sure that um i get 40 minutes um of being out and pounding the street basically and putting my body and mind through that because that decompressive um it always has been I've run for about say about five years now um but it just ensures that you can't you can literally just you can get rid of any kind of work stress that's happened through the day or kids stress or anything just by kind of getting out and doing that yeah. half an hour equipment's worth of exercise then um dog walking I'm guessing as yes, well <laughs> with the dog boys <laughs> <laughs> and I take him out every day together as well so like yesterday morning, for instance, I took him out for a run first thing, then kind of like got back and just got on with other bits and pieces in the afternoon. Then we take him out for a walk. And that's also good for all of us because then we get to talk and walk at the same time. And it's actually where we mostly have our like deep, meaningful conversations because yeah. you just, you're less, just less aware of what you're talking about and everything else, which is really healthy for us as a family. Yeah, I think, and I think as well, going back to the running piece there, rather than being out of the family, is because I used to do a bit of running, not a lot, um, but I, I did, I did find it was a good environment to just be with your own thoughts. Yeah. You know, because for me anyway, I was trying not to think about the pain I was going through, so I could God, no, no. focus no. on the other stuff I was trying to resolve <laughs> in my mind. You know, yeah. rather than thinking about God, my feet hurt or whatever it is. You yeah, know, it's kind exactly. Of, yeah. Exactly. And it's like, it's actually sometimes where I've actually come up with my best pitches. <laughs> interesting you've got the client problem going around in your head sometimes it's the best way of just getting those thoughts to the forefront without overthinking anything if you're coming into like a mind blocker for instance going out for a quick half hour run or whatever just starts to take all that fuzziness out of your brain okay 
So have you built that into doing it kind of as a competitive thing or is it just you just as a kind of fitness hobby type thing or are you doing races? Are you doing? I was uh, doing, I was getting back into racing. I haven't done racing for about the last two years just because um, with everything else changing. So we moved last year as well as me starting the business and stuff like that. It was just too many things to juggle and manage and everything else. Oh, you're Um, a glutton for punishment, aren't you? You moved house and started a company. Last year everything up in the air and catch everything again and it was crazy 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 but out of it it's like it couldn't be better to be honest so yeah. it's worth it but I think if I'd started to do races last year I probably would have choked um so <laughs> it was much better just to sort of have it as a as and when I could do it um which I've started to kind of build into it now and I had actually bu- um, booked a couple of races for this year which funny enough were cancelled um because of the current date so yeah but next also- year yes there's always next year. <laughs> these like marathon things because I can't, I just, my brain doesn't go for that long. So just the kind of more like 10Ks, charity runs and stuff like that, really enjoyable. Really cool. Enjoyable. I've done a couple of great North runs, which is a half marathon. Um, I did the Great I, South. I, I wouldn't go any further than that ever. No. no. <laughs> just no. <laughs> no, no, just wrong on every level. It's just too yeah. Much. <laughs> but I, I have got to do it. I, I thought I'll just do it once, but I want to beat two hours. And I did it in like two hours and three minutes. Like, bugger. I better do it again. So I did it again. I did it in two hours and one minute. Like, oh, oh my God, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point, I have to do another half marathon because I want to get below two hours. Yeah. Um, and then I can just throw my trainers away, I think, quite frankly. You know, won't, won't be needing those again. No. Uh, <laughs> just done. <laughs> Challenge done. Yeah, tick completed. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. So, thinking about then the cash flow side, because we talked a lot about yeah. kids and family so far. So, cash yeah. flow. How are you finding it, particularly right now? Because obviously, right now is bloody challenging, isn't it? Because everyone's on lockdown, yeah. the economy is grinding to a halt almost, and um, I can't, I, I, as an economy, we can't wait for things to get going again. It's going to be a real struggle until they do, but. Health-wise, obviously, we have to um, we have to stay on lockdown. Yeah. We have to keep everyone healthy. But so, from a from the strain of managing that kind of thing, how are you how are you guys coping? At Element, what's what kind of steps have you taken to make sure that business carries on? That you, as a company, survive this process or this. It's um, it's phase? definitely got its challenges for sure. Definitely got its challenges for sure. Um, I'd say. Luckily, before we went into lockdown, we had some really healthy pipeline in place. We kind of knew what our current clients were doing, as well as obviously new ones we're looking to go after. Um, Some, because of what's happened, have really slowed down. Um, So they haven't, obviously, pipeline isn't dropping as it should do, and things are moving backwards. Um, But I think if we hadn't had so many contingencies in place at the time, we would have really been struggling without yeah. cash flow to hit. So I think, luckily, because we had weighed up, you know, sort of our large, medium and small clients and made sure we knew when all those different bits and pieces were dropping, we're kind of okay. We're kind of, we're, we're kind of surfacing it at the moment. Um, if things do start to get in further delay, it could be a little bit pinchy, but mm. I think that we planned it well enough so that that, that is going to drop with it's supposed to. Um, but yeah, I mean, some things have formed by the wayside. Other things have changed direction completely. It's um, it's not great. If you're not stable enough, it can it could definitely overturn you. I really feel sorry for some of the little small businesses that are around that obviously can't get any pipeline because of lockdown. Yeah. Um, 
Um, but also because obviously like, they rely much more on people walking in the door and stuff like that. But luckily, I think from where we are, because we've got great tech, we can still kind of keep the wheels going and you know still have virtual meetings and stuff like that. And in some ways, it's opened up completely different digital opportunities for us. Obviously, we do everything to the virtual reality space and stuff like that. So companies like Dell have started to look at virtualizing their events a lot quicker than they were going to, which has like, created a great opportunity for us. Um, but it's still kind of making sure that we kind of we can get to that point. We can, we're obviously talking about it at the moment, which is great to talk about it, but we've still got to make sure that money's dropping in the meantime. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I think, is one of the key challenges. People start to, uh, rightly so, hoard and look after their cash. And, and one yeah. of the things they do is slow down paying you. Yeah. And, I, and I've seen that as a, as a small, very small business. And uh, yeah. I think, thank goodness, my overheads are so low. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I was reading recently was a survey out. I forget who it was around the survey. And they were looking at um, how many agencies keep a cash flow, a buffer of cash that can sub- get them through three months and it was quite yeah. a low number actually yeah um and i thought wow if you haven't got three months cash flow right now then this this is tough this is that's tough thing. times for you that's yeah. thing, isn't it? if you haven't if you haven't stopped hard enough then i can't imagine what people are going through right now really yeah. can't. absolutely very different uh, looking at three week lockdown versus what could be a three month lockdown do you know what i mean it's very very different yeah no question i've got a friend of mine who um he, he invested in a rented lease a new industrial unit bought a lot of machinery back in the last year put all his savings into it um and now he's completely sunk and i really feel for him really feel for him you know he's he's looking at you know what can he get from universal credit those kind of things and i just think it's tough yaka you know he took a risk and there's no support for him apart from the very basic stuff um so it's difficult difficult. it is it is it'd be Uh, be very interesting to see what happens once everyone's back to normal how you know what is left basically well what's what's the new normal going to be i know right seriously (laughs) let's not get too hung up on coronavirus and lockdown because that could be a whole new a whole new um, a different one couldn't it complete one to itself <laughs> exactly yeah. but it does it, it does bring up an interesting subject which is remote working right um yeah. and if we kind of think about it, there's been quite a trend over the last few years for people to do, to do remote working but now they have to do it so we're all getting used to the idea and zoom calls like this yeah. are really good um yeah. as are teams and hangouts and whatever you decide to yeah. use yeah. Um, I'm finding it actually I'm speaking more to people because I work remotely quite a lot anyway yeah. I'm seeing more of people because everyone's happy to get on a video call now. it's great yeah it's like oh my god I can see someone <laughs> exactly I, I know and I always said for years in the agency world managing people make sure you get in front of your clients spend time with them get to know them yeah. and because you can't do it on the end of a phone right. but you can do it so much better like this you know because yeah. I can actually see you know how how you're interacting and what I'm talking about and so on and so forth it's great it's great so how is it impacting your agency in terms of remote work so um I think for well for myself it's no different really because obviously I'm everywhere all the time anywhere which is great it's taken a little bit of um a little bit of kind of education when it comes down to our dev team because obviously they're not really used to not being either together or doing meetings like this um so I think depending on what departments you've got, they take it very differently. Mm. Um, but when it comes down to everybody else, I mean, obviously Matt and his team, they're absolutely fine. They're all set up and kind of rock and rolling. To the point we actually talked about whether we do actually go back to the office after this. I'm like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely. But, and also from that side of it as well, it's like they're finding that they can be much more productive because they have got that isolated time. Therefore, they're getting yeah. through things a lot quicker. 
which is great for obviously myself and the account guys, but it's um it's just a different just a different way of thinking. It has taken some adjusting, obviously at the beginning it always does. Um, just kind of getting tech set up and machines in the right places and locations and stuff like that. But it does make me wonder how other agencies are coping who have been so adamant about having a solid office space and not really allowing remote working. Because some agencies I know are very much, well, if you're not in the office, you're not working kind of attitude. So it's yeah. quite interesting to see how this has forced a completely different change of attitude and trust in their teams. Well, it's funny. I've got a client of mine. There, I think they're about sixty-five, seventy people, and their chief exec always said, "There's no remote working. You're all coming into the office." And even though they asked for it, they wanted the flexibility. Her position was, "No, you're coming into the office." And now, of course, they've been forced into this environment. Actually, she's realised that why do we need the office? This is actually working really well. You're all happy at home. Uh, we're not incurring lots of travel costs. So, what? Why change this? And I think. That is one of the positive changes I think we'll see out the back of this. Totally, and I think yeah. it's just also that kind of, it is that enforcement of trust, isn't it? You've got to you've got to trust that your team are going to work wherever they are. If they're passionate about what they do, then they'll pull it out the bag for you because you know that passion comes from where they work and the work they're doing and stuff like that. And I think that's really important. So hopefully, if anything, it will just encourage much more of a unity in some agencies mm. than we haven't had that before. Maybe. Okay. Oh, there's, there's loads of questions I want to ask you now. My brain's flying at the moment. <laughs> Good. <Yes. laughs> um, so I want to go back to, because you mentioned Matt, who's your business partner. Yeah. And if I've got this right, you're the client service. He's the kind of technical, uh, tech, creative yeah. guy. Um, yeah. uh, so who does, the, who does the kind of finance stuff um, is one question. And the other question is, finding a business partner is really hard. Yeah. I know because I've worked with a few and, and – um, been fewer through a, a, a few, um, <laughs> not in a negative, acrimonious way, but it, you know, my first business partner who I started my agency with, we just had slightly different views as to where we wanted to go. Yeah. Um, and I remember hiring a business coach, um, a great lady called Anne Hawkins, and she said to me once, It feels like you guys are running two different businesses. Yeah. And I thought, oh, That's interesting. Yeah. And so we, we parted company and we're still brilliant friends great mates so they didn't didn't have any problems no but it was interesting the thing that was missing was an alignment over what we were trying to achieve so how did you find Matt what does that look like and how have you got alignment as to going in the same direction so um Matt actually did some freelance work way back when we used to kind of work across the pond from each other um and he always was fantastic so he'd always come in just be Brilliant backup for the creative team, come in, just excellent, with great attention to detail. So it always was a really good egg to have on board. I remember talking to one of my clients, funny enough, um, sort of a year before last, when I was starting to think about what I'm going to do and what my future kind of looks like. And he said, I know this guy. And I was like, right. And I knew him through some sort of like dad group thing. And he was like, yeah, he's lovely. He's really cool. I could really see you guys getting on really well together. He's like, he's really creative. And I was like, who is this chap? <laughs> Tell me all. Um, <laughs> so he said it was Matt. And I was like, oh my God, I know Matt from like donkeys ago. And I said, so what's going on with him? He goes, well, he's got his agency. He had, like, had his finger off the pulse for a little while, wants to kind of really put some firecrackers in it and like bring it back up to speed again and take it off. And I was like, I think I could probably do that. <laughs> 
Um, and so Matt and I like met up. He showed me sort of the work he'd been working on, the clients he had, and stuff like that. And he literally was just looking for someone who could um, do all the current client-facing stuff, bring that different dimension of expertise to the table, um, not be interested in sort of like micromanagement, because that's and obviously that's not what I do. Um, but just be able to obviously he's got he's got his stuff that he's totally passionate about, and I've got my bit that I'm totally passionate about. And I think that has been the bit that's kind of really sort of stuck us together. So when it comes to, literally it comes into I I manage the clients and I bring the work in. He takes that work and he makes it happen. And he's extremely talented at what he does. Um, I'm sure he would say I'm good at what I do. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, but that that has been our winning combination, really, because um, I think if we if we weren't working that way and we had different views of what we want, what we like, and everything else, we started to kind of intermingle too much in what each other does. It wouldn't work. Okay. So um, quite, quite complementary skill sets then in terms of bringing different things to the table that work together really well. Yeah. And it's a really yeah. clear transition from I'll bring it in, manage it, you yeah. deliver it, then that's yeah. quite a nice way to break yeah. it and down, I trust isn't it? Impeccable. I mean, the stuff that he does is brilliant. His, as I said, his attention to detail is amazing. His creative output is just, just beautiful execution. And um, I think because... I'm passionate about what we can do and how far we can take clients. He's passionate about executing it and really sort of bringing that to life and getting them excited about what he's created. The two of us just become really good force together. Mm. And then when it comes to the rest of the team that are around us, they all just, they love what they do. And I think because we're quite passionate about it and not protective or pretentious and stuff like that, it just gives us this real easy environment around us, which is great. So tell me about the environment. So how many how big is the team how have you hired them did they just kind of come along almost organically because you sort of drifted along picked up clients or did you hire and then get clients what did that look like so we've done it organically so um, so when I first um, met with Matt he obviously had his team already in place and he's worked with them for years so he's got a team of three designers that are with him and then he's got his head of tech which is Bob and Bob's got a team of five developers underneath him so they have always they've been working together for donkeys and so they've already got their kind of working practices in place. When I came in, obviously, I kind of bring different expertise to the table um, and sort of much more kind of, I suppose, futuristic sort of digital stuff up until, up until I sort of came on board. So um, I then, um, I've been working with Mikhail, who you met the other day, um, worked with him at a previous agency. Um, we have always got on so, so well. And again, it's that kind of really nice working force between the two of us. But he is a complete tech geek so he knows how I can like how to bring my ideas to life as well but in a completely different way so we talk about digital tracking and eye beacons and how to work and that kind of thing he's the man for the job because he knows all of that stuff okay um and then I've got two project coordinators that sit underneath me that should support on the day-to-day stuff just making sure that I don't get dragged too much into the client detail um and I can sort of let go and move things forward even though the clients only really see me it's just having that back up behind me so that I'm not then having to check that everything's been done and timelines aren't like flying up and doing that kind of stuff. Otherwise, if I do that, I can't keep focusing on the future business. Let me ask you a question then before we carry on. Clients only really see you. In, in the fact that when it comes down to projects, projects from a sale perspective, and we might come up with the idea, that's like how they, I would have like to literally strategize that with them. Yeah. There's no other people behind me and they'll be sort of, they'll take phone calls and stuff like that, or they'll sort of like run status reports and things like that. But I suppose because the clients that I'm talking to and the level that, that I'm at, they 
we'll still be talking about how the strategy is forming and how it's kind of rolling through. Yeah. So with Dell, for instance, and long-term digital transformation stuff, we may have like, got one project in at the moment, but I'm still talking about where we go next with the client that's involved in that project whilst the team is still delivering the one. Sure. Good old-fashioned client service. I like that. Yeah. That's that's yeah. my world, client service, basically. That's what I always enjoyed. Yeah. Is, and I think it's such an important part of an agency environment is having someone that's skilled yeah. at client service. Yeah. Because it's you can be really good at tech and be really good at creative, but not know how to manage clients, not know how to yeah. manage people. Yeah. And that's a challenge, isn't it, in terms yeah. of long-term success for an agency? Totally. Um, yeah. And you've got to be that client in the room when it comes to teams. So, like, I've, you know, I've got to be so in sync with the clients that I know what they want, how they feel and likes and dislikes and stuff like that. So that when it actually comes down to um, briefing the team and seeing what team we bring in and stuff like that. I, I can I can act like the client for them without us having to keep checking back with the client all the time. And you know, the guys that I'm talking to, like they're at VP level, they don't have a lot of time. I've got to be able to kind of come in, deliver, like, and then go again and then come mm. in to the next bit and go again. So Yeah, that makes it, sense. It works. Okay. okay. Yeah, I can I can kind of get that. Um, so ha- so so have you got a kind of a business plan? Do you guys you sit down annually, strategize, or is it quarterly? Is it five year plan? What's the, what does that look like for uh, Element? Man, I talk quite a lot. And <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got we we literally sort of plan for eight months at a time. So we know eight months an eight month planning cycle. Okay, this is a new one. It's a bit of a new one. So um, we. We literally, we, we've, we've got like a more futuristic, like kind of, we, obviously, we sort of, like world domination is our target, but you can't really do that in sort of three years' time. Um, so we just want to ensure that um, we're road mapping how we sort of keep agile without growing too quickly or, or not enough, um, but also that we're kind of keeping ourselves ahead of the curve when it comes to digital and the mm-hmm. tech that is coming alongside that. So Matt and I... Um, we routinely sit down and talk business stuff every month. So if you look at where we are, what we've done, have we hit everything we're supposed to as a real deep and dirty kind of like nuts and bolts conversation. But again, we're probably checking in with each other every week just to make sure that that month is going as it should do. And then um, every eight months, it, we literally sort of like review where we've come from and we plan for the next just to make sure that we've got we've done what we're supposed to have done. We've hit what we're supposed to have hit. And if we haven't, we've, like, we're building in our contingencies to make sure that we're doing what we're doing. Mm, okay. It's a, bit of a, it's, a, it's a kind of, it's a continuous wheel, if that makes sense. And because we're the size we are, conversations are kind of coming up all the time. We're making decisions all the time. Um, but we just want to kind of make sure that, I suppose, we as a unit are happy with the business at that moment. Um, and we're not doing anything that doesn't fit to us as an agency so so are you measuring it then not just on financial performance but on how happy you are with the output of your work and then also perhaps on how happy your clients are yeah absolutely Um, it's all got to be about yeah is is the work we've got in the right work for us first of all are we enjoying doing it are we enjoying doing it with the right clients um is there anything jarring so are we doing do we feel that the projects that are in from that client the right projects for, for that client um are we as a team happy are there any sort of concerns of team members? What, you know, any itchy feet, any problems, any stresses, personal challenges, personal development problems? Um, and then we sort of literally reassess and off we go again. So it's not, it, for us, definitely isn't all about money. Um, mm. It has to be 
about how we feel working together and the agencies performing from our own benefit because otherwise if you don't feel happy and kind of like what your business is doing oh my god Danny what's go. the what's the point <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah all exactly. the money in the world is no good if you're not happy you're not content because you, your your mental health will suffer if that's the case absolutely and it's all that you know i think also I kind of catch myself doing this quite a lot. I get so excited about what's coming up and what people are doing and how far we could take stuff that I'm running so quick, I've got to slow myself down. So Matt is brilliant at pulling me back and going, do you really think that we're going to be doing this by that amount of time? Come on, so. And that's great because it means that I've then got to go, do you know what, maybe we're not. <laughs> okay, so, is, so, so Matt's the one that does the finances, right? Or is it you? Both do it. So. You both do it, Okay. <laughs> So um, Matt is good at doing the bad cop, good cop scenario, where I'm normally the bad cop. <laughs> um, but yeah, we both have our, have our eye on what's going on and stuff, and both make sure that we're doing the right stuff and we're paying the right people at the right time, that kind of thing. But yeah. if it comes down to chasing and hounding, it's normally me. Or if there's difficult conversations to have around budgets or anything else, it comes down to me. <laughs> That's because you're probably quite diplomatic with being a client services sort of person. You can have difficult conversations because that's part of our world as client services, right? It is. It is. Yeah. I don't want Matt getting kind of time to that kind of stuff. He's got he's got his creativeness to kind of keep bringing out all the time. So, you know, it's, it's just literally, I know I can have conversations with clients to be quite, you know, either straight when I need to be or kind of we can come to an agreement if, if we can. Mm, and that's okay. kind of part of that relationship. So what do you think then, if, um, if you are somebody with a young family thinking about starting an agency up, you know, what would Sophie's words of wisdom be? And you can't <laughs> say run for the hills, forget it. <laughs> um, I would say um, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons and be happy with all of the decisions that you're making and have a plan. <laughs> for God's sake, have a plan. <laughs> I think like, it, it can go so well if you know what you're doing, what you want to achieve, with the right people around you, and you're all in it together in that way. Yes. Um, if there is unrealistic sort of like targets to be met or unrealistic goals or unrealistic finances or any sort of, you know, things in the cupboard that might come popping out in X amount of time because of history or whatever, not going to work. Get it all out now. And then just need to be completely 110% confident that you're making the right choices. I like that. I forget who said this, but someone was talking about startup culture and the idea that when you're starting something up, you know, thrash early, get all the difficult stuff out of the way. And then you've had those tough conversations. And first of all, you'll learn what it's like to work with the other person through tough times. Yeah. But also, secondly, you'll, you'll be able to move on. You'll be able to focus and look forwards. And you, know um, you know, it's like, is this going to work for me? Am I happy with all these choices? Am I happy that the right decisions have been made? And then if that's, if it's all saying yes, then just go for it and just like li just literally both feet in and go. Don't How can you make sure that you're happy you've made the right decisions? I think your gut's got to tell you. Like, oh, okay. I'm always kind of going for my gut. Like, literally, if, I, if there's any kind of concern I've got or worry or problem got to kind of get underneath it to understand why that is and then if it's still niggling then i'll then i won't i've got to pull out you're out yeah done okay yeah yeah it's interesting it's isn't it you've planned on the diligence you know you're getting a good feel for the people you're with or like what's happened or scenario and what kind of stuff then it's gone and you know that everything's fine
Do you, do you find that's the same with hiring people? Because I always find that quite difficult to, to hire people. And I made a few poor choices, sadly, and I made some great choices as well. Yeah. Um, but do you find gut feel comes into hiring as well? Definitely. Definitely. I can normally tell within the first sort of like two minutes. Oh, really? So okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And, it, and I've kind of, I've done so many different kind of interview techniques where it's either you're kind of going through the cliche like, tests or presentation types that kind of stuff and questions and all that kind of thing and it has to come down to how you gel first off and that's all it comes down to if I if you if there's any kind of anything that doesn't fit with that first meet it's not going to go away yes (laughs) but I think also I'm pretty probably pretty impulsive on that route and kind of I like to think that I bring out the energy in somebody if if it's in there so It's pretty pretty clear to me, black and white, whether they're going to fit or not. Yes. And what we look for is passion, right? Because they've got to be passionate about their job and what they want to do. And if they haven't got that, then I don't want to drag them through treacle. <laughs> what a great expression. Drag them through treacle. Yeah, okay. You will progress and you will become a senior in X amount of time. If you don't want it, that's fine. Yeah. Just go, go and find that somewhere else. We're not treading water here. We're doing good stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. yeah okay. Cool. Okay, cool. All right. Well, that's a really interesting kind of expose into the world of Sophie, I think, and what it <laughs> takes to run an agency and manage a family as well. And of course, have a dog who we heard briefly. You haven't heard my dog today, which I think is a first for a podcast. So oh. I don't know what's going on there. He, honestly, we, I don't know what is going on. Every moment that he can, whether it's a leaf blowing past or a car or whatever, he's on it. Although we had a peacock in the garden earlier didn't bat an eyelid and I was like for god's sake (laughs) (laughs) that is the other benefit of lockdown actually is there's no delivery vans turning out every two minutes which means my dog is just sleeping he's probably never been so rested in his whole life Love it, absolutely love it. <laughs> ah, brilliant. Well, look, so look, thanks for taking the time. I, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you as I knew I was going to. Um, if people would like to find out more about your agency, want to talk to you, uh, what's yep. the best place for them to go and have a look? Where should they where should they catch up with you? They can do it on any social channel they want. So I'm obviously on all social channels, as is Element Global. So just reach out, just reach out and grab me. Like LinkedIn, if they want to have a chat and stuff, or have a nose at what work we're doing on any of our sort of like social stuff. But yeah, any channel they want, any channel. Easy to find you, track you down, just search. Just search. I mean, my name is pretty unusual, so there's not many sacred arts that you'll come across that work at Element Global, so you should be okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know any other Sophie do art. So yeah, you are definitely the the one and the only that I know. So yeah, yeah, just yeah, hunt me out, hunt me out, and drop me a note. I'm more than happy to talk to anybody about anything. So yeah, awesome. Thanks so much, Sophie. Great to talk to you. Thank you, Andy. Speak to you soon.